Welcome, beautiful souls. You are tuned in to Love Human, Be Spirit. With us, I'm Amy, a 3-5 emotional manifester, right angle, cross of Eden. And I'm Monique, a 1-4 splenic projector, right angle cross of the vessel of love. And we'd love to invite you to join us while we talk all things human and spirit through the lens of human design. We'd like to offer you inspiration, information, and lived experiences while we're on this human ride together. So buckle up or don't, your choice. We're here to celebrate your uniqueness and our own and offer a perspective that allows us to lean into what makes us special what makes us human. So let's do it. Get ready to laugh, cry, and everything in between. And we plan to have a lot of fun along the way. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Love Human Be Spirit. It's Monique and Amy coming at you. And um, we have a special guest episode for you today, and we're excited to share it with you. Amy, how are you? Do you want to introduce our guest? I'm so excited to introduce our guest for today. We have a lot of firsts with this guest. So it happens to be our first sacral manifesting generator. So holler to all of you out there. This lands big time. It also happens to be our first mother. Our first mom. We're so excited to share that with you all today and just the energy around um, what design has done, uh, not only for our guests, but for each of us. And we uh, trust that it will land. And then her profile is very, very rare as as well. So any of you that are living your bonus life as a 401 profile, we get to bring that to you uh, today as well. Yeah, it's crazy. It took us this long to have a mom on, you know, but we're excited. We're excited to have um, a sacral authority, a sacral manjan and a poor one and a mom. And Kelly is fantastic. And we know that you guys are really going to love this episode. Um, As always, there are wisdom gems dropped throughout by our guests because they're amazing. And um, and a couple by us because we're pretty amazing, too. And uh, yeah, we hope that you enjoy it as much as we did, um, because it it was a real joy to sit with Kelly and get into some of these things with her. Yes, it is. So we know you're going to love it. Let's dig in. Let's do it. Hello, hello, beautiful humans, and welcome back to another episode of Love Human Be Spirit. We are out of our minds excited today as we have yet another beautiful guest and we are bringing to you live a sacral manifesting generator. We have Kelly Harrington with us today, and she is going to share all of her brilliance, all of her wisdom, and just so much goodness about a really powerful chart. So welcome, Kelly. We are so thrilled to have you here today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yay. We love having guests on. Yes, we do. Yes, 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 we do. And so before we get started, because we have a myriad of questions that we're going to ask, but we just would love for you to just share whatever you feel called to share, Kelly, whether it's you tell us your design, just, you know, the, the specifics of it, whether you tell us how you um, are currently, we, we understand you mansions, how you're currently showing up in the world, just whatever you feel called to share with us. Okay, thank you. And thanks again, when you asked me if I would be a guest on your podcast, I just felt like my whole body be like, yes, because I actually had been hoping that you guys would ask me to be on here. And so I feel like in a way I was like manifesting it kind of. And so when you asked me, I didn't even have to think twice about it. I just 
felt it. Like, I think I responded as soon as I saw the text message. So I am, like you said, a sacral manifesting generator and my, my profile is a 4-1. And when I first heard that I was sacral and what that meant, I just remember getting this really calming sense about me. Like, oh yeah, I feel that. That's it. Like, I know how to do that. I know how to make decisions with my gut. I, I feel that. I, I think I even like almost do that naturally is what I felt in that moment. Um, but then having the words to describe how that energy felt, I could more easily notice it and follow it and really start to fine tune it. And I would say that since that day that I found out to follow my gut for every single decision in my life, from the littlest decisions to the biggest decisions, I just feel so much mm, like ease in my day and in my life and in my decision-making. And I know that I have made a lot of big decisions, I would say, since knowing I was a sacral um, authority that I probably would have been too afraid to make before. And so I, I just, that's just an example of one of the many things that has really helped me with my human design. And another fun thing that I've been like experimenting with lately is I have a defined heart. And so trying to differentiate between like, is this my heart? energy like wanting to come through or is this is or is this my sacral motor kicking in right now so I have been able to tell a slight difference between like that heart will motivation motor versus like my sacral motor and then also my defined identity center also plays a really big role in like guiding me towards those things as well so just learning all the little intricacies of my chart has been fun for just knowing myself better so much. I feel like I was a little oblivious to who I was before I knew my human design. We all just kind of bump around, don't we? <laughs> and then whenever we have words to put with our experiences, it has us, you know, creating so much more awareness. And then we can really tap in and tune into what's going on, which then helps us align better to who we're really here and meant to be, which I love. So I love um, how you expressed um, your connection with your sacral, because as Monique and I don't have that defined, we don't know necessarily what that feels like. She has a defined heart, mine's completely wide open. So, you know, just it, like, that's powerful for us to hear that for sure. And one thing that I would love to know is how long have you been in your human design experiment? I found it in March, 2020. Beautiful. So about two and a, two and a half years. Yeah. Wow. Right before the pandemic <laughs> or right around yeah, the pandemic. Right during it. I sat down on the couch wow. one night to listen to a podcast episode of this, um, like a, a nutrition person who I listened to and she had a human design person on her podcast episode. And it, immediately I was so intrigued. And so I figured out what my birth time was and looked at my chart and I was that just like opened the gates for me. The next day I did a Google search of manifesting generator podcast because I wanted to learn about my type and what came up, but Dana and Shana. And I was hooked after that because I was just in awe listening to that man gen episode. Like this is so 
me. How do they know this? <laughs> I know. I love, I love, I love your energy so much, Kelly. It's so awesome to have you on because I just remembered uh, we met Kelly. Kelly is another beautiful human that we met on the De Luna retreat for all our listeners listening out there. Um, many of our guests have come from that retreat because we met so many amazing human beings. Um, you know, uh, Amy and I were just talking about how special it is that we met on that retreat and we always go back to that and just feeling your energy again, Kelly, right now is really awesome. Um, I love so many things that you said and I, I, I really love, uh, you know, so as Kelly mentioned, she's a 4-1 sacral manifesting generator. Um, and I'm looking at your chart while you're talking to me and I'm like, I'm a 1-4, right? So Kelly and I have our profiles the same, but backwards, like our conscious and subconscious. But our, our, our we have the same centers defined except for the sacral piece. Um, all oh, of the wow. same centers that you have, I have. And the only oh. one I don't have is a sacral, obviously, because I'm a projector, but I have to find heart, to find G, to find spleen, to find throat, to find mind. And I have a completely open head like you do, um, which is a, so interesting. And I didn't realize your root was undefined. There's so many things to talk about in Kelly's chart here, people. Amy and I were like getting jazzed up, just looking at it. We're like, and uh, yeah, so I love how you shared that about the your sacral and your ego motor too, and how you can kind of tell the difference in that. Um, we really jumped into like all the human design things in this in this interview, didn't we? We didn't even like ease in there. <laughs> I mean, at this point, you know me, Monique, we're gonna do whatever the fuck we want. So that's how we roll. Yeah. <laughs> My four line just naturally wants to go deep. Like forget the surface level chit chat. Yeah. You want to get to the heart. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So you, you shared a little bit, cause one of the things I love to hear from people is what was life like before human design. And you actually kind of answered that. Um, mm -hmm. do you feel like, um, learning it now tell us what's different now for you? I mean, not just in your own experience in your own experiment, which you shared a little bit of that, but just like in general, big picture ripple effect type of things, what has changed? Mm. So let me just back up a little bit. I almost view my life like Kelly before kids, Kelly after kids, and then Kelly after kids learning human design. Yep. And I do think the Kelly before kids was similar to how I am now um, but like the words that human design has given me, I I'm a, there's a lot more depth to me now, I would say than Kelly before, but Kelly before just like did her thing and like what she wanted, she would do and go after and follow my gut. I was doing that and following my heart's desires. And like, I feel like the four one kind of on that fixed track, I was doing that and had a lot of really good friends. My four line was really strong and I made friends easily. And then when I had kids, Oh, I don't, I lost myself completely. I was not taking care of myself. I think because I was putting every, my kids first. Um, when I was 35, I didn't have kids till I was 35. So I was definitely like an old mom. And so I had been very selfish and independent and doing it what the way I wanted to do it, doing life the way I wanted to do it for 35 years. And when I turned 35, so much happened to me. I quit a job that I loved and I moved from Arizona to Oregon to be with my fiance and I planned a wedding and we got married and, you know, I moved away from my friends and I had a baby all in the same year. 
And so that foundation that I now know I require with that 4-1 profile was like exploded. And I think I just didn't have an idea of what motherhood was about at all. And I thought it was all about the baby. I remember even telling my husband that like, it's not about you anymore. It's about the baby. And so that then resulted in me losing my joy. Like I didn't do anything for myself anymore. I felt a lot of guilt and looking at my chart. Now I realize that's that 50, 27 channel where you're just taking care of everybody else's needs. And there's a lot of guilt that comes with that energy. Um, And so I was not in a good place, like physically, emotionally, mentally. I didn't express my feelings with that undefined solar plexus. I had shut that shit down like at my years ago when I was little, little, little. And so I just wasn't coping with like big emotions that I was feeling. And so then I realized I just basically came to a breaking point. I had thyroid issues. My hair was falling out. It'd been falling out for years. Um, and I actually had a second baby. So my kids are only 17 months apart. So then I had two babies <laughs> and I'm trying to work full time because I love my career, was not going to abandon, abandon my career, but then also doing all the mom stuff. And I would forget about myself, like walking out the door. Um, so Kelly, had that been modeled for you? Do you think? I don't know where this pressure came. Yeah. Well, I mean, you have an undefined root. Find yeah. root. Yeah. My mom did do, my mom's amazing. My parents are amazing. My, my parents are both sacral. And so how lucky am I to have grown up in a family that they just naturally understood that like, oh, you just follow your gut. They got that life force energy feeling because they felt it too. And so my mom did do a lot, like she worked full time. She took care of us a a lot, probably to a fault, you know? Yeah. So it may have been something that was modeled for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And think, I mean, I can't fathom. I was 25 when I had my first and, um, to have another decade where I could have empowered myself to be incredibly, you know, consistently independent type of thing and focused on my dreams and aspirations. Um, but I, I can, I can totally really relate to you, especially now that I reflect that I have a 24 and almost 22 year old, I lost me in that. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm still coming out of that, you know, it's a big identity difference, you know, cause this is really my first full year of being an empty nester. So I can wow. relate to that. And, um, I appreciate your story, that part of it. So carry on. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it took as a manifesting generator and I was following my sacral. Well, I don't know if I was following my sacral that I wasn't because there will be a lot of things that I wanted to do, but then I'm like mom mode. You got to stay home with the kids. You got to, cause my oldest child is a little challenging. And so there was always this feeling of guilt of leaving both kids home with my husband to take care of because it was not easy. And so I, at that, when I physically became ill, basically is when I couldn't do it anymore as a manjin. And I have heard the manjins can go years and years and just in the grind before you reach that breaking point. And that's what happened to me. And so from several friends recommendations, I reached out to 
a counselor and she is a psychic medium, astrologist, very skilled counselor. And that was just like a yes for me. Hell yes. I'm so interested in that. I really want to go to her. And she really taught me to practice slowing down just enough to ask, what does Kelly want? And she helped me have basically like a fresh perspective on decreasing that mom guilt, taking care of myself first, putting my own oxygen mask on as cliche as that sounds. That's what I needed to do. She even told me I needed to go away alone on a weekend and just be by myself because she could tell how like depleted I was. Yeah. It's very real. Mm -hmm. Very, very real. Have you given yourself the gift of doing that? Yes. Good. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So I saw her fairly regularly and I also then started like uncracking this shell. I was, I'm a cancer. And so I think that I had just developed literally this hard shell around me for feeling emotions. And it's interesting though, because I can express myself, but I'm not comfortable. Do I wasn't comfortable doing that. I am now, but I could write it, but I could not speak it. Even in like high school, I would sit there just, I couldn't get the words to come out. I would start crying. I felt really uncomfortable, confused. I actually felt confused. Like, what do I feel? Because I think I know now, like I wasn't even feeling my own feelings. So I couldn't put words to it because I didn't know how I felt. And so I shut it down. And then working with the counselor, I really wanted to become like more vulnerable. And I couldn't even say that word then. Um, But it started to feel really natural. And um, that has been something that's really helped me knowing my human design is the solar plexus being undefined and allowing myself to be vulnerable and assessing like, what is my emotions versus what am I picking up from other people? Because I had never even thought about that. And um, so anyway, that's a huge part that's different for me now. Is there anybody in your household that does have emotional authority? I believe my brother does, but I was in your immediate household, like in the one you're in now with your your kiddos and your husband, like now. My husband has three different emotional waves. And I found that really surprising because I didn't feel them. I don't feel them actually much, but he doesn't show them much. It's interesting. I can tell now when I trigger them a little bit, but I don't feel him waking up moody. I don't feel that much, which is, which is interesting. And then my 10 year old, he is an emotional manifesting generator. He does have an emotional wave. He's the, the 5539, I think it is of high highs, low lows. And I really, really feel those. I love so many things you said. Um, You know, Kelly also for our listeners is our first guest that we have had on that is a mother like we are. Yes. Um, So we are very excited to have you on too for that reason, Kelly, um, because your shares were so vulnerable and open just now. And I really felt them too, um, as Amy did when you were sharing about being a mom and losing yourself. And I just feel like that is such a relatable thing. And I had my daughter quite, I was 32 when I had my kids. So I I relate to your story a bit. And um, I just... I, uh, it's so crazy how as moms, we do this thing where we want to be the best mom. So we put our kids first with everything, you know, no matter what, and we got to do it for them and all of these things. And I don't, 
it's it's wild how far back we put ourselves um, during that process. And then to like try and rediscover who we are again. I mean, I can cry right now thinking about it. And I can relate to all of what you were saying too, when you were, um, you could like write the words, but you couldn't say them. Sometimes I can so relate to that. And, um, and how, you know, like I remember feeling that that feeling in school a lot um, when it, when I would want to say something and I, and I, I couldn't, I would either just cry or it was like, it just wouldn't come out right. And um, that undefined solar plexus, man, learning that is such, I say this all the time, it's such a game changer. Um, knowing your definition, especially in that center, whether you're defined or not, it's just, um, yeah. So it's really beautiful to hear you share that and, um, and to share about, about your whole family and stuff like that. Thank you. It's such a, it's always so cool for me to learn from people that have this dynamic with multiple kids and a husband and all this stuff, because, um, you know, my experience is a lot of the time me and my daughter were both projectors. So it's really cool to, um, yeah, hear, um, these households of definition. And I just, I feel like for our listeners too, that's such a, such a gift to share that kind of stuff. So thank you. Yes. I would say that's been a really important part of learning human design is knowing how to parent my children better because I have a splenic projector, a one, three splenic projector and a two, four emotional mansion. And my husband is a three, a three, six emotional manifesting generator. And, um, Mm -hmm. probably the first place I started was with this wave situation between Brenner's emotional wave and, and my open or undefined solar plexus. I have one gate 30 and it was destroying me. Like this has probably been my biggest parenting challenge is I would just get sucked in to his wave. This, this is before I knew about human design and he then would escalate and then I would amplify it and get super angry. Like I I didn't know myself. Like I, I'm like, where is this coming from? Like, I've never felt like this in my life. And every day just butting heads with this wave and his frustration and then my frustration over his frustration. And once I got some words to describe what was going on with human design, I could like nip it in the bud. Like, okay, I feel what's happening here. I need to disconnect. Like I can't be around you right now. I can literally feel your wave dropping and just seeing it like a wave is how it felt to me. Like I could see that he's dropping. I can feel it actually in my body. And before he even realizes that he's dropping and I can feel when he's high and I can feel when he's more neutral. And so I've tried to talk with him about this and just like pick his brain. Like, how are you feeling now? Do you feel neutral now? Do you feel high now? Or, or even when he is in a low, I embrace him and just say, I can feel you're a little bluesy right now, a little bummed right now. And then he'll immediately just go limp and say, yes, I am. And almost just that resolves it. God, that's so beautiful. That is so freaking beautiful. Like, I hope everybody listening heard the power in that, um, in terms of parenting. I mean, the power in what you just said is, 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 for me to hear it it's just it is because um i just i recently heard a, a parent talking or, or i think it was the human design uh person who, who focuses on parenting is it the one that i sent to you amy maybe i don't know but she was talking about how 
if your child has an emotional uh, emotional definition and you do not, you're an undefined, which is for our listeners, this is the case right now that Kelly's talking about. She's undefined emotionally. Her son is defined emotionally. And the, wa- the wave that he has that she's referring to is uh, the 3955 is the, the channel of emoting. It's a moody mm-hmm. channel. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have the 55. I know a little bit about it, but that's a, it's an individual circuitry channel too, right? It's um, there's a lot of uh, components to this channel that make it heavy. It's a, it's a route to solar connection. So it's energy that needs to move. I mean, this is a, this is a something that could easily, I could see exploding or, and, but the way that this woman said it was uh, if you have an undefined solar, you'll get triggered by your child's emotional definition. You'll get triggered is the word that she used. Um, And I could just see that I can understand, I, I understood that immediately because I could, I, I've seen this even with my friend's kids. One, one of my best friend's kids has one, one of her kids is emotionally defined. I know like everybody's chart around me, but I, she can trigger me just off, just even if I'm in the same room, just one little thing she says. And, um, and it's interesting because it's, that's solely based on definition and mechanics. It's just got nothing to do with one or the other, but knowing that, allows you to say, okay, I know what's happening right now. I need to disconnect and I need to, you know, whatever do, but it's such a different way to support our children. When we have this information, such a different way than what, how we're, you know, bashing our heads, trying all these other things that don't really work. Right. Yeah. And to add another layer onto that gate 39. Okay. So he has the full channel and mm-hmm. he has gate he's the cross of tension so gate 39 is in his unconscious side of his cross and gate 39 is my conscious sun sign it is the gate, the gate of provocation yes and so he just <sighs> provokes the shit out of me and he <laughs> loves right. it and so i will say though that like i think there's a gift in everything and i have to just like thank him for making me do the deep deep shit that needs to get done to understand my emotions because his birth him being born I feel has taken me down that path I really don't think I would have gone down that self-discovery path of of learning how I feel and expressing my emotions if it hadn't been for him because I really went to that counselor because I wanted help with parenting him wow God, that's awesome. When I saw that your sun gate was 39, I have 39 as well. Um, And then I saw that you had it conscious and unconscious. It's like, okay, okay, that's, you know. And and so then to hear that your son has it, you know, I mean, a lot of things you shared is just really beautiful, powerful reflections of you before learning design and then the compassion and the deep understanding and like, there's nothing wrong with either one of you, right? There's nothing wrong. I also have an individual wave. I have two waves. My son has the individual wave, which is what your son has. You know, I have the 1222 though. I don't have, so mine is um, solar plexus to throat where the one we're talking about here is root to, th- to solar plexus. And, um, you know, oftentimes people that have this, um, we wake up and we don't know why you know, we don't know why, we don't know why we feel the way we feel. And then if somebody pokes at us, poke, 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 you know, then it just extends that low. And I love, I can tell the difference because 
when you're on an emotional high, like I am all about being around people, you know, it's like, yes, I'm social and I want to be. And when I now can reflect on when I'm in a low, I know I am meant to have my alone time. And I'm really trying to allow myself to see that low as an opportunity to be super creative. And I know you guys know this because we were all taught, um, you know, obviously, you know, from some great teachers with Dana and Shana of Day Luna, but a lot of people that have this wave could be diagnosed or thought to have be bipolar, right? We're not, we're not. We just have highs, we have lows. And the more that we can empower ourselves to understand where we are, which is what it sounds like you're inviting your son to do, which is great. Just the languaging of the high, the low, and the neutral and allowing yourself to connect and say, there's nothing wrong. Yeah, Like, it's just like, it's an event. It's not a characteristic trait. This is where I'm at right now. And then for you as the mother, even if it does provoke you, allowing you to step away and go, this isn't mine. This isn't mine. I don't have to carry it. There's nothing for me to fix. And I trust and I'm empowering him to navigate his wave. And if I poke at him and keep checking in with him and da 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 da, it's going to prolong it, you know? So yeah. just giving each other our space, which is just like, like that is just mind blowing information for all of us humans, but especially as parents, because that banging up against each other. I hope now, meaning you can share this, mm -hmm. it happens less and less, or even if it does happen, the duration of it's less because you can check in and go, oh, okay. It's just where he's at with this wave. This isn't mine. Totally. You know, exactly. That powerful? And I can use it as like a learning opportunity as well later and helping him understand himself a little bit better. And from a, a place of like empowerment and not shame or guilt over yes. being that way. Yes. Because God. I remember standing at the kitchen sink doing dishes one night and looking at my husband when Brenner was probably two and actually literally saying, I think he's like bipolar or something. I don't know what is going on. So he has been, he was born this way, obviously. I think human design is so wickedly accurate because he's had those highs and lows since he was little. And, you know, I only wish I knew when he was that young what was going on. I think I could have cared for him a little differently <laughs> um but but what a I, gift that he has it now kelly yeah, what a gift that you have this information now where you know those of us that are in our 40s learning this and have yeah. all this deconditioning that we are so gifted to be able and it's so colorful to do our kiddos are going to have such a smaller mm -hmm you know, propensity to have to do that deconditioning because we're empowering them with this information. And that's why my favorite languaging is there's nothing wrong with you. This too yep. shall pass, right? There's nothing mm -hmm. wrong. And for you as the mama who doesn't have it defined, it's not personal. Mm -hmm. Where uh, as the mama, it often feels personal. You know? <laughs> nice. Yeah. And, and hard to understand you know, is the thing. I feel like as a non-emotional, sometimes it's just hard to understand this like thing we're feeling from the other part. Like, what is that? That's how I felt. I don't have kids that are emotionals, but um, with my friends, I have a lot of close friends that are emotionals. And I can yeah. think back to, um, you know, long-term friendships. We've known each other when we were young. And I can think back to times where I felt really uncomfortable around them. And it wasn't, like you said, it wasn't personal, but it also is, it's because I didn't understand the emotion that I was 
feeling coming off of them. I didn't understand what that was. Um, I mean, I'm still working on understanding all of it, right? But it's just cool to, um, like Amy said, we're gifting um, our children this knowledge. Uh, and how old are your kids, Kelly? I don't think we mentioned that. The how old are your kids? one is 10. He's 10 and eight and a half. So yeah, see, I mean, beautiful. And Amy and I, we get into this all the time, how I tell her, I'm like, gosh, your kids are so lucky to have you because when she is dropping this knowledge on them, you know, her kids are in, her, in their twenties, um, early twenties. And, and it's, it's powerful as shit. You know, my daughter's seven, it's powerful as shit, you know, with your kids being this eight and 10, it's, it's the kind of yeah. stuff that like, um, yeah, it's just, it's really, we're, it's such a gift and, and human design and parenting is such an area of, um, excitement for me because it's just, <laughs> yes. Right. It's, it makes the job so much easier is the yeah, thing. We could talk also. for hours about the lessons that I've learned parenting. Me too. Hours. God, me so too. amazing. And I love it because, you yeah. know, if you've heard me say Kelly, but you know, whenever I was at the retreat, I text both of my kiddos and I said, from now on, every conversation we have, this is non-negotiable is going to be about design. And my son was just here with his girlfriend for the week. And, you know, it's like every conversation is about that. And we'll, you know, even when we're out with others, we would say, oh, you know, it's like, I can see they probably have this defined or that. And it is, yeah. it's so much better than judgment. It's understanding and compassion and, um, and, you know, just giving them that opportunity. And then I'm going to, you know, have two grandbabies soon and I'm going to, their, their whole life is going to be about their blueprint, <laughs> whether they like it or not, you know, I'm a manifester, I'm just going to drop the knowledge and walk away. So that's amazing. Yes. I love, I love it. it. So what would you say Kelly feels like now, Kelly, you know, before kids, Kelly, after kids, Kelly learning design. Mm -hmm. How do you allow and empower yourself knowing what you shared about feeling like you lost yourself, right? Mm -hmm. What does alignment to your design feel like for you? And how do you empower yourself to stay in alignment? Because, you know, we've had years and years of conditioning to being otherwise. And so now that we're learning it, how do you allow yourself to stay in alignment? And what does it feel like? So alignment for me feels like I could be independent and flowy and like surrendering to my body's signals, like following my gut feelings in that moment, like bam, 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 with nobody like getting in my way, if that makes sense, because I do move and act really fast and physical movement is certainly part of my day that keeps me in alignment and connection with my friends. So what I do now to stay in alignment is pretty much every day I get some sort of physical movement. Like it doesn't have to be anything extreme. It could just be going on a walk, but I try to be alone and be outside and moving, or I do it with a friend to get that connection. And also to stay in alignment is before I even found human design, I made a point to reach out to a friend or many friends every single day. Cause I was realizing how important my friends are to me. And like, I miss when I don't stay in touch with them on a regular basis. And I, I wanna know what they're up to. And so that really feels supportive to me to 
engage with my friends on a regular basis. And then being able to follow my gut feelings, I'm really in tune with them. I feel them so strongly. So when I, when I can't make decisions that I know are yeses for me, it really, at, at this point, it sends me into my not self really quickly because I can feel that it's a yes for me, but something is preventing me from being able to do it. Um, and hardly ever do I make, do I say yes to things that are no's hardly ever. And I really actually didn't do that much before. I was never conditioned that way um, with my family. So um, I think it's just, if that ease doesn't feel like it's there, that could get me out of alignment. Um, so trying to allow some ease in my day. And I've noticed that when I don't have enough alone time, um, that can keep me out of alignment. So I really make a point to get alone time. And that has been a huge difference is I did not give myself that alone time when I was, you know, going down that dark path. Um, and so now I know that just a little bit of alone time even can make a huge difference in how I show up. Can you share with me the alone time, what that offers you? Is it more clarity of what your yeses are and what your no's are? Like, so that you don't have um, these other humans that you might feel inclined to put them in front of your needs, wants, and desires. Is that what it is? For me, I believe my alone time is clearing emotions that Beautiful. I may be picking up, like just being in my own energy. Yes. It almost just feels like peace. Yeah. And my open head. I have an open head. And so I just feel like I could get to be swirling in there. And so when I'm alone, I can like let all that go. Yeah. And yes, you're right. In situations where like maybe my kids are, can mom, can we go do this? Let's go do this. Let's go do this. And just, I can feel my energy like building up, like I'm going to pop. And so when I go be alone, then I can get clarity on like just something as simple as like, what are we going to do for the day? What's our plan? How do I want the day to sort of play out? Does that yeah. make sense? Like, especially with busy summers. Mm. So the alone time, yeah, gives me a chance to just clear. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think that's great for our listeners. I wonder if, yeah. Yeah. I totally relate to that too, because I didn't give myself any alone time uh, pre-human design. I just didn't. I didn't, I didn't, I mean, not unless I was doing something like that I needed to get done in my house. Like if you want to count, like doing the dishes as a long time, <laughs> but you know, I wasn't taking any intentional time for myself. And, um, and that's been huge. I wonder if that has to do with our one line too. Um, that's what I was thinking. Also, yeah, I was add, I, I've read that the, like I have that channel 3420, which is like that pure manifesting generator channel. And that is a really like, in it's very individual it's very almost selfish it's a really creative channel where like i can go really really deep with like what i'm working on when i am in a creative flow i feel like i am you know a hundred feet underwater and when i get interrupted it is literally painful to come up out of that and immediately gets me super frustrated and so even that's like a different type of alone time, but alone time to like do my own creative endeavors without mm -hmm. getting interrupted feels really good. And what about the, what you mentioned with when you know it's a yes for you, but you, you didn't specifically say that you can't, but there's something uh -huh. in the way. What, give me an example of that. Like what's in your way of you claiming your yes for yourself? 
uh, responsibilities at home yeah. with my, with my kids. Yeah. Um, if I get asked to go do something one night and there's just things that have come up and I can't go, even though I want to go, you know, and I have to say no, because maybe I was gone already a couple nights in a row and it's like the third <laughs> night and now I probably shouldn't do that. Um, so it doesn't happen a lot, but when it does happen, I can really feel it. Or another example, I do have another example is if I'm really in a workflow and I am working on something and I look at the clock and I can tell it's, my kids are getting hungry. It's like almost dinner time. I have to like stop and make dinner mm -hmm. and be a parent. And I really don't want to, I get super fucking irritated when I have to <laughs> stop what I want to be doing and go into the kitchen and give my energy to something else that I don't want to be giving my energy to, which sounds so bad and so selfish. Like we need to make dinner. Um, but I find that I give like a, at least once dinner starts, it is all about the kids at that point. There's like two, three hours that are all for the kids, like d putting away the dinner, you know, cleaning the kitchen, taking the kids upstairs to help them get ready for bed. That whole process, reading to them, like before I know it, it's 7.38. I'm like, shoot, now I'm tired. <laughs> and I kind of have lost the energy of what I was doing before dinner. Mm -hmm. God, I remember that so much, Kelly. I mean, I have 34, I don't yeah. have a 20, obviously, but otherwise I'd have a defined sacral, but, um, I remember that I remember that and, uh, that flow and being broken from it. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I can relate to that. And then the exhaustion for me definitely would set in. And then I just feel like, mm -hmm. huh, you know, and it wasn't about me again, you know, just a little bit of that. And, mm -hmm. um, I never gave myself the space to actually say that because it felt very wrong. You know, mm -hmm. I chose to have these yeah. kiddos, right? And so, yes, with that comes responsibility. And to your point earlier, um, you know, you're reflecting on your husband, not necessarily not feeling his waves. I repressed mine big time. Like the external world didn't know. And quite frankly, I probably didn't know that I was literally shoving them down. And it was interesting. I have my own aha when you said that, because if I go to share them with someone when it's very raw um, and I use my, my, you know, manifest my, my throat to share it, the emotion will come out. And so what I've done for years is not share, hmm. not share. And mm -hmm. it was easier for me to write about it. I, the emotion wouldn't come out the way it does when I go to speak it, which makes total sense because I'm a manifester and my, both of my emotional waves are tied to my throat. So, um, I am now trying to do that more and more. And so maybe depending on what your husbands are, maybe that could be something for him because repressing them does not serve us either. You know, it just yeah. doesn't, it shows up everywhere. It does repress them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I know I, I openly know I did, you know, it's very, 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 um, evident for me for years. And, and my son and I actually had an open conversation about that. Um, so it just, it doesn't serve us. And that's the beauty of learning this because when we know differently and we're empowered to make decisions based on the new knowing we can do differently. Right. And it doesn't have to ha have to happen overnight. And, um, so I love, God, I love all the things you've shared. I'd love to know Kelly, like once you learned your design, what was your favorite thing you learned about your design and what was the biggest, like, whoa, 
do you know, can you remember what the biggest aha was? So I remember feeling really excited about learning about my intuition because, and my defined spleen, because yeah. I have felt that those pings all for all my life, but really would dismiss them. Like I'd go to my head and think, did I make that up? Like, what, where'd that come from? Yeah. There had to have been a logical reason that would just like, <laughs> like pop into my, my knowing <laughs> yeah. is what I thought about it. But I, but I had had experiences growing up, especially like with say boyfriends or boys you liked, like in middle school or high school. And I would just know, I would just know if they liked me or I would just know if they didn't like me anymore, if they're going to break up with me. Like I, especially around relationships like that, I could just tell, I just knew, but then logically I didn't have a reason or an explanation. So when I learned about how intuitive I was, I I knew I could, I knew I could tap into that. I knew it was there. I knew it existed. And so that has been something that I feel getting stronger for me and like being on vacation, I'm on vacation right now. That is a really fun time to experiment with like gut and spleen as you're wandering through cities and like, which direction, where do we go? Ooh, that doesn't feel good. Those kinds of things. And so that's been something that I've enjoyed a lot. And um, the, another area of my chart that I potentially was getting in trouble with, I would say, that has helped me is learning about gate 17. So that channel the 17 to 62. And I think it's the 17 is gate of opinions. Yep. <laughs> so learning that that was a projected channel and that it would really do me more service to wait till my opinion is invited was like really eye-opening for me. So helpful, so helpful because I think I was giving my opinion a lot without even really realizing I was giving my opinion and probably repelling a lot of people. And so then I also learned a really good way to use this is like, I'm a dietitian. And so taking like my nutrition knowledge and all of the information that I've like synthesized and then breaking it down into small bits that are super understandable and relatable and explaining it, but then also giving my opinion about how I feel about that certain thing that I've researched and discovered. And that felt really natural. And it felt really natural to say, this is how, what I think about it, um, rather than like a blanket statement, like everybody should be having this opinion. You know what I mean? Yes. Mm -hmm. that, that's totally. a powerful channel. So I love the way yeah. that you shared it. Yeah. That's, it's really cool. I love that. I was, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go. I was just going to say, well, that made me feel a lot better. That was certainly some self-reflection <laughs> that I realized I was low expression, probably living in. And it helped me like really quickly move to the higher expression of that. And then check, really catch myself when I find myself wanting to give my opinion, like whoop, hold back. They have not asked me. So I'm going to keep my mouth shut, which can yeah. be really hard it, to do. <laughs> it can either cause conflict. It can fall on deaf ears. Right. And that's not the intention with that beautiful energy that you have there. And so learning that has you probably sharing it in really high vibration ways now. Right. Like, Really yeah, it does ways. feel like it's more received. Yes, 
Yeah. When I was looking and for you beautiful listeners, um, Kelly has six defined uh, channels. And when we were all at the retreat, you know, as we were going around learning everybody's individual stuff, like every time, you know, Dana and Shane were like, who has this? And like, we'd all look at Kelly because she'd raise her fucking hand every time that <laughs> who has this gate, who has this channel, it's Kelly, 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 Kelly has it all. And so it just was really, but I really was focused on your uh, 2551. And so I was curious if you were going to say, so, you know, I love the energy of the 2551. For, you know, anybody listening in the channel or gate 51 is the gate of shock. And I just think that is just such a beautifully powerful, potent gate anyway, especially, you know, when it's shared in, in, and, um, in the highest vibration, but it's, it's motorized, right? Like it's like, and so, um, I just was curious what you thought of that channel for yourself. Um, because there's a lot of beautiful, beautiful, you know, gate 25 and you know you can share this from your perspective but it's you know connecting with the highest vibration or the highest version of yourself and so you're translating that willpower um you know and um into your actions so that you can create that highest version of yourself gate 51 is you know that need to impact others right and so i was just curious there's a lot of innocence in that channel. I was just curious how that channel lands for you or how you see it show up. And if it, if you have um, experiences where maybe it hasn't landed for others and where it has. Uh-huh. Yeah, so this channel is in my subconscious. And so when I first you know, read about it and learned what it was, I didn't relate a whole lot, but then Dana and Shana shared with me some actual like examples of what it might look like in real life. And so I started, you know, leaning into that. And so how I see this happening, because, you know, my, I, my G center and my will are like their own little islands floating there. Cause I'm split definition. And so, and it being subconscious, I've noticed that the times when I tap into this, the easiest is when I'm exercising, Ooh. when I'm maybe like doing something really repetitive and I can almost like get into a flow zone. Then I feel it come out and how I use this. I've, I've incorporated this pretty easily after I learned about it with my clients where like, I can almost hold this place for them. This, I, I see for them, their potential. I see for them, their highest, fullest potential. And I hold that container for them, even when they can't see it in themselves and I give them the steps that they need to help them move toward their highest, fullest potential. And while I'm doing it, I may even like shock them a little bit or even provoke them a little bit with the, in a good way to like see it a different way. And here's what I see in you. Here's what I see for you. And this is how we're going to get there. And I, I, do, I do feel that with people when I get to know them a little bit better. Um, and it is kind of like this competitive. I was going to ask. Like this competitive type of feeling. <laughs> yeah, I was curious if you felt that. Yeah. Um, well, it's interesting because I, I've always thought of being competitive, like in sports. And I'm an athlete. I did four sports, three sports in high school. I played sports in college. And so that's like a different form of, com- that is competitive, of course. But then like this will is like this, oh, like I'm going to get this, dude, you are, I am going to accomplish this. Like, this is just, my heart was, is going to make this happen kind of competitiveness. But then with my clients or with say my kids or my family members, it's like, mm, 
it's almost like you are challenging me to like help you get to this. How can we make this happen? <laughs> like I see this for you. Which like I love that, that because I was curious thing. since that's the 25 is in the G center and that's the only gate you have defined. And so this connection obviously defines that um, center. And so I was curious if it was the competition was you versus you or if it was you versus kind of like, you know, other people. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I was curious I how that landed. Honestly, it's me versus me. And I can, I can feel, I feel off when I notice it being me against other people, it feels icky. It doesn't feel good. Yeah. Um, and I can also feel when people are competing with me, um, even though I feel like I'm not doing anything to provoke that or, or cause that it, it doesn't seem like, I think just energetically, I can feel when people are competing with me a little bit. Um, so, but doesn't, yeah. doesn't that speak to the energy of that channel? It has you empowering yourself to become the highest version of yourself, kind of hopefully in an innocent sort of way, you know, you're not like trying to be quote unquote better than others. Again, it's that you versus you energy. Oh, thank you. Mm, you're putting that fire in me and I can do yeah. this, you know? Right. Like it feels really good to, like, if I set a goal, I am going to freaking accomplish it. Like that yeah. feels amazing. Yeah. And when my, I've, I've been noticing, like when my heart is in something and my sacral says, hell yes, like I feel unstoppable, kind of like I feel really powerful. Like I can really make that happen. And normally the two do go hand in hand. Yeah. So then it's beautiful that you shared that because here's Monique who has a defined heart, but an undefined sacral. So how does that land for you, Monique? Do you feel like when you set a goal for yourself, are you unstoppable or is it like, shit, I never know when enough is enough. What, how does that land for you? I don't know. I feel like it just depends with me. It's so like, you know, I don't know. I feel like the ego as a motor is so, um, here and there, you know, it's not consistent for me. Like, it's like, I have to, it's, you know, if I'm, if I'm, if my heart is in it, it's turns on and it's like yeah. such a quick turn on that. Like, I can't even tell it till it's happened and then I'm in it. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I imagine that having a sacral and that must feel really cool. <laughs> that's what, well, that's what I, I would agree with you about the heart though. Like I don't, I don't plan when my heart's going to get turned on right. to something. I can't yeah. actually, um, determine that, but when I feel it, it feels like a double whammy, like, Ooh, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a bit frustrating for me because it's my only motor. So sometimes I find myself like trying to turn it on and I, I, I can't like I you can't I don't think you can do that or I haven't figured out how yet if you can. But um, my daughter has the 2551 also. That's her only channel in her design. Um, and it's the channel of initiation. And I'm so glad that Amy mentioned that you have six channels because I was dying to like tell people that um, Kelly is probably the person that we've had on that has the most channels, I think the most connections. Um, so in human design for all our listeners, you can have one channel like my daughter, or you can have no channels, like some reflectors, or you can have six like Kelly, or I mean, I eight more. I just, it just depends. I love like looking at the beauty and the uniqueness of all of that in our, um, and, and neither is better or worse, right? Like we can, like, I'm not going to lie. Amy and I were jelly belly every time Kelly raised her hand oh. when she had every freaking <laughs> channel at the retreat, but at the same time you know I have the 2644 Kelly doesn't have that one see so like you know it's all 
it's all relative, right? She doesn't have the 1222 like Amy does, you know? <laughs> that I'll color swap you for the 3536, Kelly. <laughs> I'll take Amy's the 3420. I'll take the 3420 and you can take 3536 and we'll compare <laughs> notes. A data life of. <laughs> We're trading out channels over here at Love Human Be Spirit, trading out our channels. Anybody else? How cool would that be? That would be actually so enlightening. Can you imagine? Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, but I think that uh, the channel of initiation is an interesting one, the 2551 that you were talking about, because um, I'm starting to see my daughter's seven and I'm starting to see some of these traits really come out in her and some of her gates and her channels and stuff. And um, I see this channel come out with um, how you said that people get competitive with her um, in school and stuff like that. I hear stories, she'll tell me stuff. And it's like, God, you weren't even saying anything to that kid. Why were they trying to like beat you in a race? Like you weren't trying to even race them or whatever it is. But um, yeah. it's it's an interesting uh, provocation or initiation um, energy um, and, and quite potent. It's interesting, yours is subconscious. And like you said, yours is like its own little island because your split is there um, in your G and your heart. But um, yeah, I feel like defined ego and defined G energy, and this is just me speaking on how it feels for me. It's like very just, it comes out when it comes out. I'm not like consciously aware of the fact that it's there necessarily until I'm um, ex like expressing it, externalizing it, you know? Um, and then I'm like, oh, <laughs> or, or sometimes people have to point it out to me. Amy points out my defined ego all the time to me. I'm like, oh, you don't do that. She's like, no, no, I don't, I don't do that. <laughs> no. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I didn't even realize, uh, things like that, but I just, um, I think that it's interesting to Kelly, uh, I wanted, to, I would like to ask you about your undefined root because you like me also have undefined head, undefined root. So both your pressure centers are undefined like mine. And, um, I said, when you were talking about alone time, that was, a, that was a big, that's right where I went. Because I feel like for me, alone time has become a time where I release pressure from myself um, that I that I was like tense with and carrying around before, and just like ugh, I was stuffed into my spine or I don't know where it was, but it was like this like tension that I was like, I, I don't know, but I, I would never made space or time in my, into my life for myself to even, you know, sit with that or, or see where it was coming from or anything like that. And um, do you relate to that or do you feel like that about your undefined root? with all those channels, like, a, yeah. is that? Maybe that's where all my shoulder tension comes in. Like that mm. root is just pushing up. Right? And yes, pre-human design, my root was out of control. Like in, when I actually learned about the root, I was like, oh, oh yeah, mm -hmm. that's, I feel that instantly. I could feel that's what was happening. And it would just bulldoze me to exhaustion and feeling irritated because I'm just do, 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 doing and feeling like people should be do, do, doing as well. And they're not. <laughs> and then I would just ru be running around completing all the to do's. And I was doing this before I would let myself do the fun stuff. It's almost like this negotiation that I could feel happening. Like I've got to do this and this and this before I sit down to watch TV. Yes. Or as I would I think other moms can relate to this as I am saying, I'm going to go to bed now between leaving, say the living room and making it to my bedroom. I would literally do like five things. And then an hour later, <laughs> I'm finally getting ready for bed. That is the root at its worst. <laughs> and so 
what's happening now is I realize my gut comes first. And so I can really, I'm not really, but I'm, I'm getting better at discerning between is this root pressure making me do this thing or is this my gut saying yes to it? And when I check in and realize that it's root pressure, I really make a point to try to walk away or to minimize the amount of time I spend doing it. Beautifully said. Yeah. I've got a lot of people in my life with an undefined root. And um, so I think this is very, very powerful reflections and, you know, to share with all of our listeners, because people don't, without this information, we don't know how to connect the dots for how we're feeling. And then when we can put words to it, then we can empower ourselves to make decisions like mine's defined, but I do have a lot of people in my world that have it undefined. And so that's often the thing I hear like my clients talk about. And so then whenever I share this, it's like, okay, whose pressure is this? And you know, what are you, what are you choosing from that pressure place? And how can you empower yourself to release that pressure? That's not yours and really deeply connect with what you ultimately want, which, you know, we do that with our authority and listening, God, just removing yourself kind of like that alone time and just checking in, like wiping the slate clean and, you know, just like what's really going on here. Cause otherwise you're on this hamster wheel, you know, fighting fires, you know, constantly. And, uh, that leads to burnout and exhaustion as we know. So, oh yeah. And I'm sure that was a huge reason why I I had low thyroid and my hair was falling out as all these to do's as a mom, mm-hmm. I was not relaxing ever, ever. And so it's interesting. I found that say, for example, laundry, that's like a pretty easy example is the, the laundry room is I leave my bedroom on my way downstairs and there's the laundry room. And so sometimes now I'll find myself just like on autopilot going into the laundry room and I start folding and I'm like, what am I doing? I don't, do I want to be doing this right now? I don't have to do this right now. No. And so then I leave. And then there might be other times where I go in there. Um, I choose to go in there. My gut is like, I'm going to go do laundry and I actually want to be doing the laundry. And so it all works out. It's not like the laundry never gets done. It's just in that moment, do I really want to be doing this? And if the answer is no, I'll, I then leave and go kind of walk around and then find something I do get lit up to do. God, I love that. That's so great for our listeners. Beautiful. Yeah, totally. Monique can I say all the time, you beautiful sacrals, please only be expending your energy for things that light you up, you know, because it's just such powerful potent energy. And we want to jump on your energetic ride. And if you're wasting that energy willy-nilly, you know, we had Liz on, she's like, you know, sometimes I was just using it for things because I could, you know, because I was capable, because I could, I'd use that energy. And, you know, it's like, but but did you want to? And it's, it's a waste of such a valuable resource. That's the way I see it, you know, because I don't have it. So I, you know, I, I, um, I love when he, when you beautiful humans are connecting with it and checking in and being very intentional with how you use yeah. it. It yeah. does feel so I love that you, I love the laundry example too, because I always say this whenever I work with sacral clients and, or, or t- my sacral friends, like it gets to be that easy for you walk through your house and like, do I want to walk into your kitchen? Do I want a sandwich? No. Cool. Walk to your bookshelf. Do I want to read a book? No. Cool. Walk to your laundry. Do I want to do laundry? Yeah. Okay. Do laundry then. But like, it gets to be easier than, than, than up in our heads, you know? And I just feel like 
man, I mean, for all of us as humans, but especially for you sacrals with that definition and that authority, follow that shit. It is the right, it is just the best for everyone because we as non-sacrals really can feel that yes. when, um, when you're in joy, you know? I mean, as soon as we popped on with you, Kelly, it was great to feel your energy, uh, as I said. And um, that's because you're somebody that's intentional with your choices. And even right now in your vacation and um, the way that you're you know, doing this, you shared a little bit with us before we started recording. It's just, it's really, it's really a palpable difference on this receiving end when a sacral is choosing to perpetually go with their yeses yes it really is and and it's it's a gift to the whole freaking world because you're you're the ones that do the life force energy making not us mm -hmm. so you know it's um it's just it's quite lovely when you're making the right the beautiful energy because i think that there's this other uh stale kind of sacral energy that can yes. be around yeah. and um that's palpable when i feel it now too so it's, much it's quite different yes. and that is like, um, Kelly, your energy and your aura, you know, we, it is truly enveloping, you know, like we want to lean into it, those of us mm -hmm. and the ones that are stale can be very repelling. Yeah. Know? It's like, Ooh. yeah, it's yeah like, exactly. there's some tight tension here. Whew, what just happened? You know? And so yeah. when you're more aware of it, you can put words to it. And that's the beauty of understanding each of our unique designs. And even if we don't know the others, you know, we can kind of like, huh, I kind of see what's going on there, which I love. Yeah. It will I be a total mess that. for us if we do not touch on your super rare profile of the 4-1, right? You're only 1% of the population. <laughs> we lovingly refer to it as the bonus life. And so kind of just, you know, oh. share with us. We haven't had a 4-1 on here just because they are so rare. So mm. we just love to hear your perspective, your lived experience of being a 4-1. You know, some of the things that we've learned about the beautiful 4-1 profile is, you know, you could have a huge change at some point in your life. And you shared that, you know, at 35, just all the big changes that you made. And another one is um, you have a really strong fixed way of living. Like this, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. I can talk about but, that actually, if you want. <laughs> yeah, you know, and that you're not really meant to bend yourself in any kind of relationship. And do you empower yourself to honor that for yourself? Yeah, I do think that independence is really reflected in this profile. And I have always been so independent. Like my mom and dad would say I was so stubborn and I wore my heart on my sleeve because I'm like, I knew, I knew like I, if I didn't want to do something or, or wear something like I, my feet would dig in the ground so hard. And I just, I, yeah, very fixed, I guess. Like I do my thing. And sometimes I wonder why do people care what I'm doing? And, and this is where the direction I'm going. And it feels really off. If you try to stop me from going in that direction, that just feels so obvious to me. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why it works so well with my husband and I, is we just have a lot of trust and he kind of does just be like, great, go do your own thing. Go, <laughs> you could do that. I don't, that's fine. Fine with me. Um, because I do feel that kind of rigidity, but it feels normal. Yeah. And I don't even want to, I don't even, you know, I have, um, a little bit of a trigger to the word rigidity because I've been told I'm rigid. Um, mm. and mm -hmm. you know, I am choosing to love all the parts of who I am. And so I just like that fixed way of living energy. It's like, you know, and you're really 
confident with it. And that's the beauty of that profile. You know, there's no karma to it. It's not personal or transpersonal. And mm -hmm. I can witness this in you, Kelly, because um, for you listeners, we from um, our retreat in January um, that we talk about all the time with the Day Luna Girls, we created a group chat, not only just to stay connected, but we also created one for the, for learning, like continue our depth of learning. And Kelly is, I mean, we could go through it right now. And she is the top person who will ask questions that benefit all of us, right? Because you're really here to bring your depth and your true genuine curiosity for human behavior um, mm -hmm. to all of our lives, you know, with a lightness and a sense of yeah. playfulness. It's not it's there. I mean, it's just, it's really beautiful to witness. And I think, um, your profile shows up in that chat yeah. doing that for sure. And so I just, I mean, you know, you're only 1%, it's very extremely rare. And so, and we happen to have two of you, you know, cause Amy, the other Amy yeah. was the other one that was a four one, which is again, you know, very rare. So it would have been a miss for us to not have asked, um, about it. You're really meant to be here, which I know, you know, this to be exactly who you are. We all are, we all are, but you don't have this, hopefully feel this karma, this push pull, you know? Yeah. And I feel like I, I do have, I learn lessons, right? But I feel like I don't look at things, nothing's a struggle. Yeah. And I wonder if that's the four one a little bit. It's just kind of like I go about down my path and could be and right too. I, yeah, that could be. And I do feel this sense of like always wanting to bring lightness to yes. heavy things and being yes. able to talk about like really deep, sometimes even dark um, things where I can get into it and then lift the, the vibe of it and, and not dismissing it at all, but making it feel a little easier for the person and the person could be like okay yep we're going there we're going to talk about this with kelly and and that kind of happens easily god what a gift for your, people what a gift for your clients you know as a dietitian what a gift because that's a some of that stuff can be tough to go deep in you know so yeah. you can bring that lightness to some really heavy deep rooted beliefs or patterns or habits you know that's beautiful what were you going to say, Monique? Yeah. I just want to say, um, because I'm, I'm worried for people listening and I'm worried that some people might not know what we're talking about. So I just want to oh. kind of, um, give some, some layman's terms words to what we're talking about. And, um, so Kelly's profile is a fixed profile, this four, one profile. It's a, it's a juxtaposed thing. So you, Amy and I are always talking about how we're personal view or personal view or personal view where everything's personal with us because she's a three five and I'm a one four. So our karma is personal. It's all going to be personal view. Whereas the five ones and the six threes and the, give me another one. Um, five, so I can't, I think of another six one. Two. Six twos. Five, six, They're six. all transpersonal karmic um, things. They're not personal view like Amy and I. Kelly is this beautiful unicorn of both. She's got one foot in the personal view karmic area and one foot in the like transpersonal karmic um you know so she it's like a bridge you're like this like beautiful bridge I love how you put it too that you're um capable you know you learn lessons and you're like you know this and this and and um it's really it's really pretty special and which is why in human design it's called like the bonus life um profile because there's not a there's not a karma um Amy and I are going to learn our karma oh, yeah. <laughs> in a personal way. 
<laughs> and um and and Kelly is going to do both. She's, it's like this little dance almost. I see it like which is um and it's and it's also um fixed to be that way. So when she's talking about being stubborn or whatever that her parents thought she was stubborn, it's like you have a very fixed kind of trajectory here you're not gonna maybe ebb and flow as 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 off you know course as as amy is with her three line or you know um me with my like investing you know i don't know it's just interesting and i just wanted to give people a background a little bit of that to just to make sure that it was clear thank you sometimes it's been described to me like i'm on my train track i'm a train going down the track in my fixed way and you're either like on my train or not on my train is how it can, can be, I suppose. And that has been something that I've felt really all my life actually. And I can feel when people are off, like they've been on and then they are off. And I used to feel like I had no heart, like shit, they're just like dead to me. And it's just like the weirdest feeling. Is this normal? Like, do people feel this? And it's, I, I do, I do, contribute that to the four one feeling like once they're gone they're gone and I just go on with my life I love that I love that I love that share we you have shared so many freaking beautiful nuggets both her Monique and I because I always have ahas when I hear other people talk about their unique brilliant amazing beautiful design um, and then, you know, I would love, and Monique, if you have other questions, but I just, if there's anything that stands out that we haven't covered that you would like to share for our listeners that is unique and specific to being a sacral manifesting generator or, you know, all of the um, facets of your unique design that can help empower them, you know, just think about what it was like when we were first learning. And just like yeah. you said, you know, I, I've said before, I listened to it. I rewound it and rewound it and rewound it. Cause it was just like, oh my God, how do they know me so well? And so yeah. just think about that for our listeners who are trying to understand their design as a sacral mansion, or if they have someone in their life that is one, what's just either some tips or just anything that you haven't yet shared. I'd love to hear them. Okay. The first thing that really, really, really helped me is I made a list. I made a list of all the things that light me up and it was pretty long, like, like cats. I freaking love cats. Like I love kittens and, and I love yoga and, you know, certain friends I put on the list and dancing. And so the list was long and I just brought awareness to that list. Cause I could feel even just learning that this is this whole sacral thing. I could feel those things got me energy. Like they gave me energy. They like stimulated me. And then I made a list of the things that drained me. And luckily the list wasn't too long, but what I, the goal wasn't to get rid of everything on the list that drained me, but the goal was to add more of the things in my day that lit me up, even if it was just five or 10 minutes at a time. And so that's really where I started. And I noticed a huge shift because one thing that was happening in my life at the moment is my husband, we put the kids to bed, say they're in bed by seven, we put them to bed early. (laughs) And then he just wants to relax on the couch and watch TV. Like that's his way of unwinding. And so I was thinking, you know, like, okay, well, I'll hang out with you and, you know, we can hang out together. But then I, as this manifesting generator energy, I could just feel it building in me. And it would, I would just start to get really irritated and I didn't want to be sitting there. I felt like it was not what I wanted to do. It didn't light me up. And, 
it was causing some agitation in me. Like my time could be used so much more productively doing something that I enjoyed. So I just had a talk with him and I got basically like three hours back a night to do whatever I wanted. I would like journal, listen to podcasts, go on a walk, like during the summer when it was lighter later, just do Kelly for those three hours. And maybe it did include watching TV some of the nights, but other nights it did not. And that, oh my gosh, that brought so much joy to my life. And, and I would wake up even the next day feeling really good because I did something super fun the night before. So that'd be the first place I would start is this list of what's lighting you up, what like gives you energy, and then what is kind of sucking the energy out of your day, the shoulds and the coulds that you can minimize. Even just one, that really helped me. God, I love those. The second thing that really helped me in the beginning was utilizing this idea of like multitasking to ease the tension that I could feel building up when I was doing something that was boring. Because boredom is like a manjin's Achilles heel. We do not like to be bored. Every manjin I know is like, oh yeah, it's the worst. <laughs> so we don't like to be bored. So for example, if my if my son is asking me, hey mom, do you want will you play checkers with me? Okay, that uh, my answer honestly wanted to be no. But okay, I love the idea. Do I want to do I want time with you? Yes. Okay, so I, I can work with this. So like I brought in something else to make it fun. So like, as we're sitting on the floor playing checkers, I love to foam roll. So I pull my foam roller out. So I'm sitting there foam rolling, you know, like that's something physical, moving my body on the foam roller. And then I would turn on music. So now it's fun all of a sudden. And then I like, kind of multitasking and I'm digging the checkers at this point because I'm, I'm easing that tension that could be building up from the boredom of just sitting there playing checkers. And that really, really, really helped me. That's so brilliant because you created stimulation for yourself in a way that lit you up. You honored, yeah. like you knew you wanted to spend time with him, not necessarily in the activity that he chose, but you honored it because that's what we mamas do. But you empowered yourself to add elements. Let's just call them elements to it that increased your vibration so that you could find joy in it. And there was no harm, no foul to him. You were still playing right. the game him. So I think that's well, brilliant. Yeah. And I think if anything, like when I am lit up, they feel that. Yes. When I absolutely. am like, eh, eh, like meh about it. They That's feel the stale, that. the that's stale, the stale sacral. Yeah. And so they get jazzed up when they feel the mama's jazzed up. And it was my, it's my splenic projector. So he really feels me too. And so, um, yeah, I just feel like overall me doing the things that light me up has like really helped my family. So I thought I was doing them good by giving all my energy to them, but I found that actually helping myself first and, and doing the things that light me up has a trickle effect on them. And now they're more lit up because they feel me magnetized and happy. Isn't that the biggest lesson? Yes. No. But yet we think we can't do those things for ourselves because the, our conditioning tells us that it's selfish yeah. and wrong and it's blah, blah, blah. And it's right. so not true because when we can model that, 
Can you imagine how aligned all of us would be if we empowered ourselves, which is obviously what we're trying to do in this universe, you know, in this 3D experiment, is just empower everybody to be unapologetically who they are. And we get to do that through, you know, learning our design and all the beautiful facets of that. And then we yeah. witness how it impacts the others. And my kiddos will tell you, because first of all, you know, we've chosen all of us to be filter free, but they will tell you, yeah mom before design, like mom before, you know, whenever I was in my corporate life, woo, until I stepped out of that, you know, which I left my corporate life in January of 19. And I learned, I first learned my design in October of 19. So just a very short window of 25 yeah. years of being one level of Amy to, you know, 19, just shifting. And so here I am just continuing and they would, they, you can tell, and then it, it yeah. empowers them. And so that's, that's the beauty. That's what we're trying to offer here. You don't have to know every single intricate detail, do we? Now, the three of us, we're curious enough. We want to know, right? But for our listeners, there's just little, just like you said, if you make these lists and you just shift one thing, just yep. one, you know, I mean, Monique's mind was blown when I said small hinges, swing big doors, you know, it's just like oh, yeah. these little teeny tiny things can make such a great impact. And we don't, we don't give ourselves the opportunity to test that, to see the impact it can have. But here you're offering that, you know, to others, God, just what lights you up? What doesn't, how can you mm -hmm. make a subtle shift? Mm -hmm. And then just see how you continue just one after the other. And just to your point, those things that are autopilot, you know, 40% of our daily actions are on autopilot. Let's get really intentional, but what's on autopilot yes. for you. It's like, do I even want to do this? For yes. me, it's like, shit, do I even have the energy to do this? And what the hell tells me that I have to, you know, cause Right. I'm not living where anybody's going to tell me how to, or how, that I have to No, that's a no for me. So I, just... I was told that if I am saying yes to something, that's not an actual let yes, I'm sending a message to the universe that that thing is more important than me. A hundred percent. And yeah. that was really like shocking to me. Cause I knew it was so true. And so in the beginning of navigating the sacral mansion energy, I really made an effort to become super present and I still do to this day. It's getting easier and easier. Like what is in front of me now and how do I feel about it? Yes. Is it a yes or is it a no or is it a maybe? And another tip I want to give is if it's like a eh, like I say that word because, or I say that sound because that's literally what comes out of my mouth. Like eh, eh, meh, yeah. eh, that's a no for now. Yeah. And discerning between the meh and the yes has really like made sure that I'm filling my plate with more yeses rather than the, eh, I could, <laughs> right. it makes sense. Like I should, but I'm not really into it. Yeah. And so, and then I can break that down. Like, well, why is it just a maybe what would make it a yes? Because there are some parts of it that might be a yes. Like when my friend says, do you want to go to this concert? I think I could be, I could answer, I don't know. But like, hell yes, I want to spend time with you, but then no to the concert. So like, I can even start breaking apart the situation. Like what parts the yes, what parts the no. God, I love that. That's brilliant. I love that. I love that so much. You've dropped thank so you. much wisdom so today, helpful. Kelly. Yes. Oh, thanks. You guys make me feel good. I mean, you do. You have a very, very powerful design. Um, you know, you're a sacral, which just, we all are so curious what goes on in the sacral world if you're a non-sacral. <laughs> so 
Um, yeah. Just, you know, thank you. Thank you for saying yes to us. Thank you for sharing everything for our listeners. Um, thank you for being you and Monique, I don't, you know, I don't want to, if you have other questions, otherwise I was going to, okay. Definitely. Just thank you. Uh, like Amy said, yeah, thanks for following your yeses. And um, thank you for sharing all you all you shared on on uh, the parenting piece. I think that that was really um, quite a gift for our listeners. Like I said, since, um, you know, Amy and I are always sharing from our perspectives as parents, but we have yet to have had a guest on to do the same. And um, I think it's quite powerful coming from you, like Amy said, with your chart being um, as powerful as it is with your beautiful defined mind, which we didn't even talk about and your, you know, defined G and ego and spleen. Like I said, it's, it's similar to mine. And so I just, um, I, I resonated with a lot of what you said. And I, I, I have to believe my spleen leads me to believe that a lot of people will. So I agree. And I, I love Kelly, your share, uh, just, you know, your vulnerable share about how much shifted for you when you did bring these beautiful babies into the world. And like, for me, I thought, now that I understand design, you know, again, life before design life, now that we know, I just thought it was because I, I truly didn't have the energy to be, you know, and that's not true because, you know, you're sharing from your perspective as a defined sacral, some of the same things that I would share as an undefined. So this is just the gift of like, we all get to share how we show up and what we're feeling. And I think it's powerful and it is um, normalizing a little, you know, it just makes us all feel a little. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, thank you for your willingness to meet with us and all the beautiful wisdom that you've shared. And I would just love to know for our listeners, if they wanted to connect with you, um, you know, either how to reach out to you. And of course we'll put everything in the show notes and any offerings that you'd like to share that you have going on. Okay. Thanks. And thank you guys. I feel so seen and so special and acknowledged and that feels really good. So you guys, have a great way of making your guests feel so special and I feel that so thank you and thank you my website is kellyharringtonrd.com and I use human design with my nutrition clients I've been a dietitian for 22 years and everything's on my website I I have I do nutrition clients I see nutrition clients and then I also do human design readings separately and that's all on my website awesome yeah, lots of goodness there. So we'll make sure that we put all of that, um, like I said, in our show notes. And for you beautiful listeners, this is one that you're likely going to listen to uh, more than once and probably be sharing with your friends is what we hope. So thank you for your time today, you. Kelly. Um, it's been amazing to see your face again. And um, just to have us all rekindle and reconnect has been wonderful today. Yes. Thank you. All right. That's it for this one, listeners. We know you're going to love it. Until next time, bye for now. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. We hope you found it inspiring and digestible. If you like what you heard, it would mean a lot to us if you'd take a moment to follow us so you'll be notified when new episodes are released. And if you're feeling really generous, please share and review our podcast as long as it's a five-star review. Otherwise, never mind. Maybe just keep that to yourself. And lastly, if you're new to human design or just curious to learn more about your own, Amy and I both have offerings for that. We also have an extensive human design community that we belong to. So if we don't feel like the right fit, we can certainly guide you to someone who is.